0: Scripture this morning comes from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commended you. and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Word of the Lord. Amen. Please join me in prayer. We'll get, to, we'll get to that in just a minute. Lord, let this as well be, be worship for us. Not just information, not just me talking, but this is your, your final words in the Gospel of Matthew. We just heard Jesus, and we want this assurance and this commission to reassure us equip us to live life with you, we pray, because you've come to us. Amen. Uh, The next slide is is fine. It is that time of year again where, I don't know about you, but uh, I realize I'm like, oh, it's the end of the year, and blessings on Liz, my wife, because she's the one who makes these year after year. But we do are in the practice, as many of you are as well, sending out an end of the year holiday card, right? And I say holiday card because not everyone on our list is necessarily celebrating Christmas. But we send it out as sort of a a summary, a capstone, right? Of here's what's gone on in our lives. Here's what we've experienced. It's not everything. It's not the whole digest. It's just it's a few images, and on the back usually there's a few words as a, a capstone, a synopsis. It just this is, these are the key elements that we want to communicate about our year to, um, and, and really, I think many of you in this uh, setting have, have received one of these from us. Uh, if you didn't, if we missed you. come talk to me. We want to make that right. But, uh, and if you want one this year and you're not on a list, come talk to me. We, we want to include you. But, like many of you, we, again, engage regularly in this process. Of summary, and we're going to fight with this microphone just a little bit Um, this process of summary, and that's what Matthew is doing in the paragraph that Thorne just read for us. Matthew isn't giving us everything in this, but he's giving us a synopsis. He's giving us the key images. This is not everything that Jesus said to his followers after he was resurrected, but Matthew chooses these words to encapsulate, to summarize, to give us this sort of End of the gospel postcard of what life with Jesus, now that all this has happened, is going to look like. And yes, this does come at the very, very end. Jesus has been killed on the cross, but completely unexpectedly, for literally everyone, including his closest friends, completely unexpectedly, he comes back to life. He he resurrects. And to the faithful women who had come to anoint his body one last time, he says, hey, by the way, that that thing I said about meeting you in Galilee in a few days, we're going to do that. So go tell the guys. None of the guys were there, just the women. Go tell the guys that this is really going to happen. And so they, they go, right? That's what we just heard. They go to Galilee, to this mountain that Jesus told them about. And They worship, but some doubt. Even now, even with what they've seen, even, some can't quite bring themselves And there's no judgment from Jesus on those doubts, right? There's no judgment on those questions. In fact, he doesn't even wait for them to come to him. Look, i got to tell you, if you want to go see the president, you're going to have to go see the president. Doesn't matter which party, doesn't matter which person, you're gonna to have to go see, right? President ain't coming to you. In fact, our local Congress folks, if you want to see them, you're gonna generally go to someplace that they are. They are almost never going to come to you. In fact, if you want to meet up with somebody who's like you know, the mayor or on the city council of your particular city, almost always you're gonna to have to go to them. Jesus comes to his disciples. Even though they're doubting it, even though, by the way, there's only 11 of them. Remember there used to be 12? As a group, they failed. I mean, every single one of them in all kinds of ways. Judas, most spectacularly, but all of them, all 11, 12 of these guys failed. There's only 11 of them, yet Jesus, despite their doubts, despite their failure, comes to And then he gives them this commission. I'm with you always. I have all authority on heaven and earth, which, by the way, is Jesus identifying himself with a key prophecy in the book of Daniel and another one in the book of Ezekiel where this human figure is somehow equal to God and this son of man, this human being, who is now co equal with God? Jesus is saying by adopting these words right here all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. He's saying that, that that person that you read about back in Daniel and Ezekiel, that's, that's me, says Jesus. Despite your doubts, despite your questions, despite your failure, that person who you've wanted, who's, who you've wanted to see, who you've heard about, coming to synagogue as a kid, that's me. It's me. And I'm i am now sending you. And I'm not just sending you out. I'm, I'm sending you and I'm going to be with you. Well, how's that going to work? Because he's God. There's no way that Jesus can be with all these guys forever and ever unless he oh, is, in yeah. fact, divine. And you notice that there's one name that he instructs them to baptize. Baptize in the name. It's one name. And in this case, it works exactly the same in Greek as in English. It's the name that we're supposed to baptize. Well, what's the name? The name is Father, Son, and Spirit. This son who was prophesied in Daniel that Jesus now says, I'm he. Jesus, the Son, is part of the one name. Right there between Father and Spirit. The one name we baptize. Make disciples. More about the disciples thing next week. That's that's where we're going. But it's Jesus who has all authority in heaven and earth. But notice that this thing makes Jesus different than anyone else who has any kind of authority—not just presidents and. City council folks. Because there's lots of powerful people in the world. There's lots of powerful people. Now, always, right? It's just human reality. There's lots of charismatic people. There's lots of people who just, people that just gravitate towards. They're just magnetic in their personality. that's, That's not all that uncommon. But what's different about Jesus Encapsulated here, it's not the only thing we can say, but encapsulated here is He comes. He is a man you well, God with us. Not just back then, but here, because it's these 11 disciples, this imperfect group of, right? It's not the 12 right number, it's 11 failed disciples who come. And what does Jesus say that they are to do they are to? Make disciples. Same word. These 11 failed guys are going to turn around and begin to do what Jesus did. Which reaches down to us. What are we? We're we're disciples. That's the foundational word. If you look in the New Testament, you'll see the word believer. There's a little note in the middle of the book of Acts that in this one place, the the disciples were called Christians because they were like Jesus. But this word Christian that we normally use now is not the word that's normally used because, again, it's one place. The normal word is disciples. And the promise of Jesus to be with us, and the action of Jesus that he Comes to us. That's the foundation of our hope because it's not that we have our stuff together. We all have doubts, right? If we're honest with ourselves, we all have questions <laughs> and we all have failure. But we're not the foundation of our hope. The foundation of our hope is not that we're going to get it to you together foundation of our hope is that Jesus comes. Into my life today, into your life today, the whole of every day, and on and on. So, for us, the job on one level is not really to to find Jesus, right? We we can use that language in the church at times, but I'm not sure that's the best language. I think what's offered here is a better image of what we're invited to do. These 11 guys, and presumably some, some other people with them, by the way, these... Eleven guys and the others are given a particular invitation to meet Jesus in a particular space that they can expect that that he'll be there. And so there's something they're invited into, but then Jesus comes. And I think that's a good image of what we're invited into. We are told places that we can expect to meet Jesus. In Scripture, in in the biographies of Jesus, and and the rest of the Bible from uh, likewise also, right? It's just, we're told that we can expect to meet him. To not just read words on a page because it's some sort of duty, but to expect that he'll come to us in the words of Scripture. And I know this has been true for me, that even more, in some ways, we're told that we're going to meet Jesus... In the others that he puts in our life. I know for me, that's been true throughout my life. That it's the people that I have met in that intimate way, Jesus, most profoundly. Scripture, yes, absolutely, but people as well. I remember just, for instance, a, a guy named Bob, who was one of the guys in the church he grew up in, who would hang out with kids. And in, in the best way possible, he'd help out with Sunday school, he'd be around, and he'd been, he had quite the testimony, which I can share more of later if you really want to know, but he, uh, I mean, all the, all the things he'd usually like, you know, assault, drugs, you know, chag, uh, stolen, you know, robbery, check. I mean, he had, he had quite the colorful character background, but man, did he love Jesus. And give himself to others, and he had the best stories and the best just provocative questions, like you know, where where would you meet Jesus? And this is actually a thing that got him fired from helping out with Sunday school. By the way, we had this discussion, and through the leading questions, we realized that, like, you know, among other places, one of the places we probably meet Jesus now is like maybe at a bar, right? Because there's people who are feeling down and out, who are looking for something else to kind of cover over, and maybe people who are lonely often, and people. This was a church that didn't believe that drinking alcohol was a Christian thing. Uh, he wasn't helping out with Sunday school after that. But I met Jesus in him, the way he listened, the way he loved. He and his wife and a couple friends would go every month to, just ha- actually a couple times a month, to hang out at the local nursing home just down the street from the church. And they didn't make a big deal about it, just something they did to be with lonely people, and to love well. And it's people like Bob, and it's others God has put in my life, God has put in your life. We're invited to, to go. And Jesus will come to us in those relationships. And yes, in times of Prayer. And for me, when I was a younger Christian, I would have thought like you know, throughout my life, by the time I get to my age, the things I would hold on to most would be like you know the big miracles, right? Like seeing somebody heal physically or you know the big spectacular things. Like I read about in the Bible, but I gotta tell you, the things that have reassured me of Jesus' love for me and have equipped me to In a very imperfect way, love and serve others have been more than more intimate encounters with Jesus. In a personal time of prayer, or walking into a room where we're going to pray and having someone say the thing to me that I had most longed to hear from Jesus in that moment without me having said a word. It's to walk into a particular place and, and see that the thing I was anxious about has already been provided for. It's those intimate acts of provision, those moments of knowing that I'm hearing the voice of Jesus through that other person, not just in my imagination. I gotta tell you, for me, those are the most profound moments. Of experiencing the Jesus who comes to us, regardless of where we've been, what we've done, he comes to us in grace to make us his and to make us whole. May this be all of our experience to look for him. This week, the Jesus who comes.